Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. R. Kelly unhinged, plus Jesse Smollett indicted, and Spielberg versus Netflix. All that and more on Meet the Hollywood for today. Hello, welcome to Sunday Funday here on Meet the Hollywood Press. I'm Alina Vision. And for those of you who watch us all the time, you're probably wondering where is our host, Joseph Capsch? Well, he is not with us here. In, physically in Hollywood in Hollywood but he is here with us he's actually joining us on Skype from sunny San Diego what up Joseph hello and <laughs> screw Amtrak <laughs> There was an interruption on the on the rails but yes, we still got you exactly. Santiago Santiago this is modern technology coming we to you. It. Exactly, exactly. You look beautiful in ah. my seat. I'm happy, I'm happy to have you in my seat. Thank oh, you. thank you. I hope I do it justice. Um, and we got back once again with us, Bianca de la Garza. So good to see you. Thank you. It's great to be back. We have a lot of fun things to talk about today. We oh, sure my do. Goodness. We were just talking like off air, like, oh, this is so much to get through, but it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. So... Let's just start off right off the bat. Everyone's been talking about it this week. R. Kelly being completely unhinged. She had his sit-down GMA uh, interview this week, and the internet was a buzz. Everyone's been talking about it. So I want to first off get your guys's um, kind of input on what you thought. Did you did you watch it? Did you? I watched it, uh-huh. um, and I watched the SNL takeoff on it, as everyone did yeah. last night as well. So it's so funny to kind of you know put them up next against you know one another. Wow. Okay. Wow. I um, I'm a big Gail King fan. Yes. So I think she did a superb job in this interview, um, and it was just amazing to see him sort of uh, break down and have this you know fit there and i'm wondering like why are you doing this interview i mean there's nothing in that interview that will help r kelly ever um it became fodder now and no matter what he says we just actually see this this man who's completely off the rails so whether whether you think he's guilty on this whether you don't um uh, the thing is he can't contain his emotions so it right. was just sort of one of those things like he, he if he can't go into an, a network interview with a skilled journalist um don't put him in the ring all right because he's going to get hit taken to taken to the to the ropes yeah exactly Joseph, I want to get your two cents on this because oh we were God. texting back First and forth. All, I agree with Bianca in the sense that that's a huge get for like like Gail King is on fire right now. She's mm-hmm. coming off the um, leaving Neverland sit down with those accusers, and then she got so just from a journalistic standpoint, like props to Gail. But that interview, I don't even know what like it was. There's so much like nuts, bananas, like crazy that went on I don't even know where to start with it but the when he was getting out of the chair she remained so poised I mean some you know you could think some journalists could have really gotten frightened you know like he was going yeah. like I thought shit. that too yeah I thought that too yeah. 
Yeah, she was really calm under pressure. He also did a lot of things that were strange. I mean, if, you, if I'm not like a psychologist trained, but when he's saying, you know, she's like, were you framed? And he's like, absolutely. And then shaking his head no and saying yeah. absolutely. So it's like, eh, red flag, red flag. And and I think that, you know, Gail, Gail did a great job, but you're dealing with somebody who, you know, is obviously in their own mind and, and going to say whatever they want to say. But I mean, what what, what do you think that the purpose of, of him going on, what did he think he could accomplish? It just seemed like this is just a bad idea from the get-go you know i think he has such a i think he has such a god complex that he doesn't understand why people can't see him as being quote-unquote innocent um i think that he thinks he can get away with it i mean he kept saying throughout that interview you know i got off on my last case i you know all this that and the other so i think he thinks going on and being able to just spout his mouth which is what he did He's just used to that. He's, he's, and you know what, yeah. Alina, you're right, because someone mm-hmm. actually paid $161,000 in back child support for yep. him. So he does, yeah. definitely has some pay- supporters out there, and there definitely is some type of, you know, Not people who Not only that, are... but they paid his first bailout. Exactly. So it's, it's interesting. Love. Poor Valetta Love. And then, and then <laughs> our restaurant's getting, like, pummeled on uh, Yelp On Yelp, right exactly. I mean, his yeah. music career trashed will never be good again. I mean, he just needs to sort of, I think, crawl under a hole somewhere and never come back out, because he's not helping himself. And if any thing i mean i think that we're looking at this going like how psychotic is this man it could people all be saying the same thing and all be making up lies to get money from him i don't think so that's the thing it's the strength in numbers did you kind of see how uh gail king uh, more or less had to explain me too to uh to r kelly like during the interview he was because it was basically like well why do you think and it's like well, why are they just coming out now? And she's like, because the time we're in, you know, exactly. with women. it was almost like um, he was thinking back to like when the first time around, because he said these were dismissed the last time. But it's like, but most people thought you were guilty the first time, just like they think you're guilty the second time. I just think to answer the question you guys asked earlier as to why he would do this, just because it's a Hail Mary now. I think yeah. it's like he has got, in a way, he has everything to lose and nothing to lose. And can I, 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 probably right. And can I say, like, SNL, I think the skit wasn't as funny as the actual interview. So for me, I was kind of like, I, I was more entertained watching the real thing when, you know, and not, no, no, um, right. you know, no, nothing against the actors of SNL, but I just think the writing maybe didn't act, uh, some things were funny, but I just thought it was more entertaining just watching real life. Because it's like, how can you compete with something that's so outlandish in reality, you know, to make it comedy that's a, that's a hard feat and as you know as you know journalists and former journalists as myself i think that what gail also illustrated is that she was fair. She, when he ranted, she said, "You know, we gave him a moment to kind right. of compose himself. She wasn't doing a gotcha interview." And I have to say, it's a stark contrast than, than what we saw. You know, we'll talk about this. I know is with, with um, you know, what GMA had when they had a big scoop with Jesse Smollett, and I don't think that interview was handled as hard. Like Gail King is a hard interviewer, and she's not going to mince words, and she's going to ask the tough questions. And we know that CBS is now eyeing to kind of reboot the morning show and maybe yeah. make her the king, the the you know, the pivotal person on the show. And it would be well deserved for her. I think she's done a great job, and I. Think for many years Gail was like oh it's Oprah's best friend it's Oprah's right. best friend and she was a huge anchor in Connecticut I don't know if people know this but like I was a former news anchor and she was mm-hmm. like the queen of Connecticut I was working up in Boston and I think that you know Gail King has established herself yet again with this interview as someone who is going to try and just get the facts and not take sides and that's what we're missing in journalism it's like it's not about your ego it's not about a right. soundbite it's just about like letting someone try to try to unravel the strange web that was R. Kelly and she yeah. did a great job at that yeah speaking of Oprah actually she also had a big get this week with um, the two main characters of the Leaving Neverland. 
uh, documentary over on HBO. So she had her own special called After Neverland. And I think it was just a big, it's just a big moment for black female journalism that these two people are able to get, you know, these big interviews and knock them out of the park, I think. What do you think, Joseph? I absolutely agree. And, and you know, they always say three's a trend, right? And it was like, you, even though uh, it remains to be seen where the Jesse Smollett case is going to land, but think about it. Right. In the last month, Robin Roberts landed Jesse. Uh, Gail King landed Neverland and R. Kelly. Oprah did the um, After Neverland special. I mean, it's like yay for you know female journalists, yay for you know diversity in journalism. And I and I and I have to just like pile on where uh, both of you were saying. Gail King. That was a stellar interview. That was like where you're proud to call yourself a journalist and be, you know, a peer of another journalist because you're right. She stuck to the facts of the case. You know, it was nothing like, you know, you'll hear these stories like the publicist. Well, we'll do the interview if we're, if you're not going to ask this or right. like well, they'll come and do, it's like, no, it was like, that's not what a journalist does. There was no negotiating. She asked what she needed to ask and she was trying to get to the truth. Right. For you guys, what was the most striking or telling part of the interview? when he lost it yeah. i was like oh here we go like yeah. now we're i i was very mm -hmm. surprised at how unhinged he went for as long like no one stepped in and said we're stopping time out time out and he i thought he was actually i don't know do you guys think i thought he was gonna walk off the set i think um when and also when he said is this camera on me <laughs> is this camera on me well, that was you that know was he's not used to seeing cameras maybe he's used to like not seeing them right they're in hidden. front of him exactly you know? they're hidden and snl did yeah. make some funny puns they about did. that about yeah. was this a camera and it was the plant and if anyone hasn't seen it it, that, it was there were moments that were really funny it's just you know what a shame what a shame and what a what a you know bizarre circumstance bizarre case and, and if this is the case that you know he got off and now it's again it's like wow i, I don't know why would you, you didn't learn the first time because you got real lucky the first time real real lucky and he did bring in lucifer so you're right there's a lot of things here that his his i, I would i don't know his mental capability right now his stability there i question really or not what where he's living what planet what time frame what any of this means right. to him i don't think he fully understands which isn't a, a pass for him at all no but it's just showing like how like unaware he is of what he's doing unself-aware probably too because i mean that was the most telling moment for me and i even <laughs> i took a snapshot of that picture and i sent it to joseph i was like what <laughs> is this like <laughs> That is a huge like, red flag. Yeah, exactly. That is a huge red flag. When somebody in a professional interview is getting that unhinged, flailing arms, yelling at the person, yelling at a woman, yelling at a black woman, um, that to me was like, yeah, you don't understand exactly what you're up against because now everyone sees what probably just goes on behind closed doors. Because we, I don't think, really had seen that part of R. Kelly beforehand. When I, I was listening to him, what was about the what was striking when she was asking specifically, like, have you um, done, you know, do, do we think, well, obviously, if all of this is true and, and there's at right. this point the amount of allegations, you know, it's hard to not think there was something going on, right? Mm -hmm. But do you think in his mind that? He thinks these were relationships, because I'm trying to find one. Probably, way out of this I that think is so. Not, just that is not like that. He's just a completely a horrible individual that could be justifying in his mind, like he was in relation, quote unquote, relationships, and like I, I don't even know what 
psychological explanation Probably. he could be thinking. Because, yeah, I think so. And, and you know, we don't, you know, you never know what's really going on behind closed yeah. doors. And there's a lot of women out there who are victims of, of abuse by men who for so long suffer because they don't know their own self-worth. And it's not because yep. they want it. It's just because they don't know any better or it's what they've seen. And we've seen that. So it's like, it's so unfortunate that women would get themselves into a relationship with someone like this. But we know it happens. And, and you know, we, we hope that obviously everyone who's in a relationship is in a safe relationship, a healthy relationship and that there's boundaries and that there's you know proper you know things and especially when we're talking about minors are you kidding me yeah. uh so i think that in his mind he probably did and you know at, at the end of the day i just think he needs to shut up and like go away and get the let's figure out what he did when he did it but like we're, we're talking about him and we're talking about the women and it just it's such a disgraceful life i think if, if this is all points to be true and we need to sort of i think um finally close the chapter on r kelly because he keeps coming back up every few years it's like he does and doesn't do you, seem to go away do you guys think that because you know everything is being played out especially this time in, in social media that he'll have a hard time in trial has he already been convicted kind of on public opinion that's what i you know I, I the interesting part of that is in the when you think about oj trial back you know probably like the arguably the trial of like our lifetime right the imagine social media being around in the way that it was now sure they sequestered judges uh, uh, the 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 jurors but even all the lead up to this r kelly anyone who like lives in america and like picks up uh, like a newspaper or reads a website every day how can you find unless they live sort of somewhere where there's not internet but you know what i'm trying to say like right, yeah. i do often say that like how at this point can a person get he's already been in the court of public opinion in my opinion convicted yeah and perception yeah. is reality if someone yeah. perceives it whether or not the facts yeah. are going to demonstrate it if the perception is there then it's everyone takes it as reality so yeah you have to be very careful not just for celebrities but for politicians for any public figure i mean we're living in a world now you say one thing and it's on twitter two minutes later so i think we're all aware and should be hypersensitive to the fact that social media is something that isn't going away that sort of shapes our culture yeah. and drives drives conversation uh for good or for bad or for the ugly so i think it's 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 foolish foolish to think that you know people aren't there are going to weigh in on be your judge and jury out there on on twitter or on social media yeah definitely yeah. all right well let's move on to jesse smollett <laughs> another person that was in the cook county <laughs> detention cook, center <laughs> cook county's working over i was it born is. in cook county it's oh, so no funny yeah, yeah i was born in chicago i lived there for a very short time but i have some relatives who like are outside of chicago oh so. there you go yeah there's the wraparound there's the so tie interesting all right so jesse mm -hmm. smollett this last week was indicted on 16 counts felony counts which, if he is convicted of all 16, he could spend up to 64 years in prison. Uh, it is between uh, probation and four years for each count. And, yeah, this is a big change from especially the first week when this all happened to now he's being indicted on felony char uh, charges. So what are your guys' thoughts and feelings? Go ahead, Bianca. Well, I remember, I was on the show, I think, that when we first kind of were still didn't know the truth. He had just been at the Troubadour here in West Hollywood, and, and people were really, you know, behind him. And I remember all of us, and we had a—it was a great show, actually. We had a, a Shirley on from Variety, and I was—you mm -hmm. know, I think that—yeah, I think a lot of people wanted to, you know— 
think one thing and now that we know the truth I, I don't think there's anything wrong with any of these charges I know his attorney Mark Aragos is calling it a, I believe it's a gang banging uh, he's called this uh-huh. that's not even the right term I mean it's it's kind of like well, it's it is it it's within the the realm of law fish law enforcement to to make these charges to this is not you know they feel this is fit for what he did um, if this is what he did and these are the possible ramifications and it's four years for 16 counts so be it that's called justice in america and it will play out the way it plays out i mean did does he want special treatment for for causing all this you know this waste in time and and, uh, emotional and racial and um you know transgender and and tension and turmoil in our country there was a lot of pain and turmoil caused by this so the fact that they're like oh we can't believe it it's like how can you not believe it this is called the law this is called the rule of the law and and you know i don't think anyone deserves special special treatment if they if they are you know being accused of a crime these are the facts and this is what they're doing Come on. I I think what further complicated this and why um, the the counts are so they're basically charging him uh, account for like the two times that he was interviewed by uh, police. Um, It's like almost like each lie that he like told four different police, um, you know, officers. And so it's very clear that they are making an example. And I think it's because of the fact that he not only pulled in like the hate crime aspect of this, but he pulled in the race uh, aspect to this, you know, making this like a a quote unquote alleged magna. What I find most um, interesting is Mark Garagos, his attorney in the latest statement that was released. It's it's not what the statement says, it's now what these these latest statements um, don't say. Like it's, it felt like it's it's slowly taken this turn where it was like he says he's innocent. He said, and now it's like all of the thing is about the police leaking stuff, and he's been robbed of his preponderance of evidence. It's a strikingly different tone from then when this all first happened. And to me, it just looks like it's all leading to a plea deal. Right. What you're saying is they're no longer saying, oh, but he's innocent. He will be proven innocent. He will be proven right. innocent. And now they're going like, well, but it's too harsh. It's too harsh. Right. So it's kind of like their whole premise of, of staying behind him is now no longer there. Yeah. Because I I don't think you can dispute the facts, obviously, that have come out. I mean, there was surveillance of the two Nigerian men buying the MAGA hats, the ski caps, all of that. I mean, there is evidence that this this went down. They were the ones who did yeah. it. Uh, there was uh, communication between both of them. So it's like he can't go back and say, oh, I'm completely innocent now. Now it's he just has to, you know, play the, oh, that's too much card. Yeah, it's like, oh, so yeah. you alleg- yeah. allegedly, we'll say he allegedly yeah. did all these things. We don't know yet. And you're upset that they're actually charging you. Well, this is just the way it works. Yeah. This is called the process. So I, I don't really know why they're surprised at all that they would be throwing the book at him because there was, you know, this is the, what they're able to do. And that's why I'm just like, where do people in this society now think that they're above reproach? Right. That they can perpetuate all this hatred and lies and if it, allegedly and then step back and be like, but that's too harsh. Right. I don't get the common sense in that. And again, it's kind of like what we're talking about with R. Kelly. Like, who's using common sense in any of this? Like, just stop talking, you know, like at this point. <laughs> Like, you're not helping Jesse Small or apologize. Say, hey, I messed up. I did this happen. I'm playing the victim. Oh, it's the police. The police would never, never, yeah, like you said, Joseph, the police don't really want to talk about their transcripts and this and that. It's like, I think it's all going to come out in the light of day. And, you know, light is a very big antiseptic. Yeah. I just think about his life path, regardless Mm -hmm. of whether he's found innocent or guilty. This is forever. It's like he is now like the actor guy that had this whole, 
you know, hoax thing around him. Like, it's just, it's never going to not be like it's the tainted. first thing you Google about this guy. I mean, it's life altering. And it's divided the cast too, because supposedly, if you believe what's been said, the Empire cast is sort of torn because there was a letter, a note card they wanted to send, like sending him well wishes. And half the cast was like, I kind of want to sign it. Some didn't. So uh-huh. it's causing division now on the set uh. of like who's still supporting uh, him. So it, it, it's not, it's not over. Like it's right. not over for the cast. It's not over for, you know, America. It's not over for any of us. We're still going to see it and talk about it. So I just, I, I hate that people feel like entitled of like, well, you shouldn't charge me with a you know, crime if I'm allegedly, you know, they wouldn't think anything of you or me or you, Joseph, to like, right. if we did something, we'd be charged. And this is yeah. the course of, you know, this is how it works. Exactly. Now, uh, when this first came out, obviously, Hollywood social activists were out and about in full full force. Um, do you think it's funny that they've kind of gone quiet, especially with all of this coming out? What are your thoughts, Joseph? I do find it to be really um, frustrating because when you think about and I'm not defending the actions of like the Covington kids, for instance, in that whole, you know, Native American showdown. Mm-hmm. But when you think about the pile on from not only like liberal media and liberal journalists and uh, but social activist, you know, act uh, activist celebrities on social media. And then you compare that to sort of when they came to Jesse's defense immediately. And now the amount of people that are just like suspiciously quiet. It's OK that people made a mistake initially or if they went with the facts to be known but but then you have this whole other layer of like sites that were not even using the word allegedly in headlines at first when Jesse's attack first happened it was just in a lot of ways it was it was just taken you know as truth too quickly but now more facts have come out and I don't feel that there's been enough people who jumped to his defense coming now to sort of course correct on this you know and if anything um I, I think of it like this, like as a gay man, like the gay, uh, the glad and the organization, they should be calling upon him now to really like come forward and like do something. I guess until right. the trial plays out is why nobody's doing anything yet. But but then again, there was no trial when everyone was like justice for Jussie. So I very conflicted and kind of disappointed on that because I don't feel like um, Hollywood does a very good job at like admitting their mistakes as a whole and they're so loud on social media and they have the biggest platforms but then when it comes to something like this it's like where are you now why are you not speaking out now yeah and it, right I'm not so I, disappointed yes I totally agree I think surprised no not at all because who's going to come forward and say mea culpa I was you know saying this was a lynching it wasn't just Hollywood too it was politicians everyone jumped on sort of this bandwagon of like how do we I mean at the time you know again no one knew what we know now so it's like so easy to Monday morning quarterback and I agree that you know maybe there should be a little more of like yeah we we didn't say allegedly and things could have been corrected and let's use this all as a teaching moment but you know human nature who's going to raise their hand and be like I I said things that you know I was I I was unintelligent and, and jumped the boat and now look at and I have egg on my face no one's gonna like walk into that <laughs> easily and gladly and say hey um, well you know we really want to hear yeah. that come on Bianca we're all guilty of it because like we're the human thing is, yeah we're human and this was a human story and we wanted he had no there was no nothing prior to make anyone think yeah. that this was shady so again it is sort of you know fool me once 
You know, shame on me, fool me twice, shame on you. But yeah. I think I'm not surprised that people aren't saying like, yeah, we were, we're, we, we acted, you know, we, we're doing <laughs> we great journalism. <laughs> no one wants to admit that. Everyone's just like, uh, next story, moving yeah. on. You know, uh, it, it's our, and it's our attention span. And right. there will be a next I story. I think it's just the, the, it speaks to our culture now, especially the news cycle, the culture, everyone just kind of moves on real quick and it's like, it gets lost in the dust. Yes. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's move on to another Me Too Hollywood story. Okay, so we got the WB chief, Kevin... Okay, I don't want to, like, butcher his last name. It's... it's how do you spell, pronounce it? To Sujahara. Sujahara. Okay. That's why we're going to let you do it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to butcher it either. Sujahara. <laughs> okay, so he... Uh, there was a whole bunch of texts that came out between him and a... Uh, Actress, up and coming actress in Hollywood. Uh, I think she, I believe she was from the UK. Her name was Charlotte Kirk. Um, and it, this whole story involves him, Brett Ratner, um, James Packer. Uh, James Packer. There was another guy in there too. I think it was one of Ratner's assistants. Well, it, exactly. Yeah. Um, a lot of people. It was. It was a very tangled web of text and promises and broken promises, apparently. Um, so pretty much she somehow got into this whole mix and had slept with allegedly according to text am i getting this right this is a very like tangled web of text messages um her sleeping i believe with kevin chujahara and um in exchange for how in exchange right for getting roles on auditions and all of that so oh my goodness um do you think that kevin will survive this joseph i after i would have said before me too possibly Mm -hmm. but given the circumstances of les moonves and with these the okay the hollywood reporter who by the way broke the story kim masters and and tatiana the level of detail and just how truly the names attached who already have like pre-existing um terrible stories that have followed them around about this and now you're seeing it in like plain black and white view i don't I don't like with the AT&T merger they, they just promoted Kevin too and gave him like more oversight I don't know the question is is an apology on this one good enough or is this just flies in the face of everything again like with, with Les like if Les had gotten to keep his job it would have fly you know it would fly in the face of everything me too and time's up is done I'm surprised that we haven't seen anything vocal yet from Time's Up about this because the Warner left it as it's under investigation. You know, now they're gonna reinvestigate into it. I don't know what more there is to investigate. I think it was pretty clearly laid out in a bunch of text messages. Yeah, they and there were pictures of some of the text messages that were in the story. Now I wanna ask you, Bianca, because from my understanding of reading the story, it seemed like this was all consensual with her. So what is your what is your feeling? How would Time's Up move into this? How would the Me Too movement? Because she had a very different perspective than a lot of the women who have come forward um, to say, you know, I was sexually abused or whatever yeah and, and let's and let's this is a clear distinction yes. and i want to isolate just so we're talking about this specific case and i mm-hmm. read the hollywood reporters reports and extensive reporting pages and pages and pages yeah. this goes on for years so let's just talk about this specific case i don't know whether or not he'll survive this nor do i really care what, what bothers me the most about this is yet again we have a situation 
it was a woman who wanted to get into Hollywood. She is around powerful men who can make that happen. In exchange for, we believe, sexual favors, they give her auditions, preferential treatment, Mm -hmm. access to people. This is called a transaction, and it makes me so upset because as a woman... I am sorry. Uh, I do not understand why women feel that they cannot stand on their own two feet and go and get these things themselves. And Amen. so when you allow somebody to, uh, you you allow this, you agree to this, right? So you're giving up your power as a woman. And then people are going to take advantage of you, put you in bad situations, not return your tax. And now all of a sudden, now you're saying you're, you're doing this, you're doing that. Everyone's at fault here, okay? They're wrong. She's wrong. Everyone in this whole mix is wrong. But guess what? It's not surprising. This is happening yeah. all the time in Hollywood. People want fame and money and power and so bad. To do, they to will get sell it. their soul to do it. Yep. And you know, at the end of the day, I'm reading it and, and she's getting back at them saying like, you haven't put me in a movie. You should just put me in a movie. This is easy for you to do. And I, I slept with you or blah, blah, blah. And you didn't do this. And they're like, whatever. And it's like, are you surprised? This should be a lesson to all women out there who are aspiring right. actresses. Close your legs. Okay. Because you know, even if you do it, what's going to happen Yes. <laughs> no one's going to respect you. No one is going to respect you. And, and it you may get what? you certain roles, but at, at the cost of what? And I, I have a daughter. Yep. She's 13 years old. And I am like, oh, hell no. This is not a role model for women. You know, and I think that if, if we have women, strong women in Hollywood, let's just band together and say, you know what? Let's create a safe place for women to get roles so they don't feel like this right. is my only out is if I have this billionaire boyfriend. And it's not just Hollywood. It's, it's basically women in general. I think all young women need to look at female role models who are self-made who, who who get the job by being smart educated persistent right and not used as sexual pawns in a game that is so sick and so evil we know how it's going to end yeah. for them and the worst part about that is is because there's a woman like her that does that it makes it harder for all the other women that are coming up because then those men as we have seen think that this is all that the women that are around them want and so then that's when they do these you know unfavored sexual things towards the other women it's just this never-ending cycle of it's women not respecting themselves and yes. it's men not respecting women, women so exactly. everyone takes a, a piece of the blame pie here yes. pick it up serve it serve it around everyone's taking a big piece of this exactly and, and you know i'm not this is how business does get done unfortunately it so is. The, yeah. t- hollywood reporter exposed something that we're all not surprised about where do we go from here though and i think that's what really bothers me is like are we going to say that people in power aren't going to take sexual favors to get cast women roles do we really are we that naive to think that this won't continue to go on is there a reason why prostitution is the oldest profession I mean, how do but how do we move forward in a way where women, you know, there's not this, you know, sense of you know you have to do this, and that's why I think right. the power is any female in Hollywood who's in a power and executive position should, you know, I think we can really get together and do something very very strong here. Well, isn't that what Times Up is supposed to be doing, right, Joseph? Yes, <laughs> I mean, yes, exactly, and that's why I want to. I'm 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 curious to hear where they're going to land on this, but because you're right, the, the the biggest difference is just it was consensual sex versus um, abuse or harassment um, or even rape, in, in some cases, like we've we've read about. Um, I find what is most frustrating about this, though, is that. I'm just thinking from a perspective, and full disclosure, like I had a short stint for a a show that is produced by Warner Brothers, and when I think about, I don't, I didn't have, when I think about some of the reasons that people are fired or lectured at this particular company, and then you think about, I think what's more frustrating just on a very more personal level about this is, you hear day in and day out about like the middlemen, you know, 
the middlemen getting, um, I'm sorry, one second, I'm getting like feedback on something. Sorry, um, I'm sorry. You, you, you hear like day in and day out, the middlemen and the worker bee people being fired from jobs for like barely anything. And then you have the people who are supposed to be setting the example at the top of the company, like at, at behaving like this. Mm -hmm. That's where it's again, this privilege rich man privilege like we it was just brought up in this whole case with like for instance uh, Paul Manafort Trump's uh, campaign right. manager only getting you know this this like white man or 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 a rich man privilege and that's what it reeks to me i think this girl though in reading these texts to me was completely desperate and entitled like the thing that i that was most galling is just why she thought that, like like this has been happening like you said Bianca since the day of time like women and men equally sleeping their way to places in, in Hollywood, why she felt so, I, I can't wrap my brain around where the entitlement was coming from with her. Like you didn't yeah. do what you said you were gonna do to me for me. And it's like, do you That's think involved. you're the only woman that this like has happened to in Hollywood? And That's I hope it's a lesson. I hope women mm -hmm. see like the pain she has to deal with now knowing that she, you know, I'm sure she feels, you know, less than and used and degraded and that's a terrible that's that, a horrible feeling. that's a horrible feeling for anyone to feel man or woman so i hope that people see this and go like it's never worth it to sell your soul to get something it's just never worth it and in the end you know um if 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 we really can enact change though i think i think that that we can i do still think there's a way for people in the decision making positions as you just said, Joseph, you know, it's like the younger, lower people have no say. It's like, you know, and they get let go. I mean, I think everyone has a responsibility to be a role model and to say, this isn't right. This, I will not tolerate it and, and continue to move on and just continue to kind of band together. I mean, I hope, I like to believe that good will overcome evil. So right. the people who are positive, who are really like trying to bring people up and, and, and support this, you know, this entertainment industry in, in a clean way, in an honest way, in a, in a healthy way, um, the power's to them. Like, this is the time right now. Right. Take the power, seize it. And, and if people who are acting in good faith and have great consciousness, you're going to be greatly rewarded because, you know, people will, will trust you and flock to you and you'll, you'll kind of become sort of the new champion of, of, I think, not just female rights, but just human rights and, like, why people should not have to be on a casting couch, to you know, to get in a movie. To get a job, exactly. But one, but one thing I just want to uh, mention, because this is also something, because um, we ran up against this in this um, episode we had about the... The, the casting of Scarlett Johansson in like a trans movie. And it was about like giving equal um, roles and time and audition. I just want to state for the record, acting as a career though, has never been a career that's like, this is like 1% of like the entire world gets to like make a living or something really yeah. crazy like that as an actor, right? So it's not like you, you, you come out to Hollywood and you're sort of like, I want to be an actress. I want to be an actor. I, I expect all this. It's like, you need to create skill sets in it. Pursue your dreams. I'm all about pursuing your dreams. But I don't know where this idea comes from that like acting is like this thing that just is like handed to people. Like think about how few people, you know, in the industry make it consistently as an actor. So that's what's really more I think where the lines right. got blurred is when we saw people maybe on YouTube become mega stars and it's like, well, if they can do it, I can do it. So it's the democratization with social media that anyone yeah. can get discovered, which is a good thing. Right. But get discovered for your talents 
and right. your talents yeah. outside of the bedroom and your work place. ethic yeah. yeah your brain outside of the bedroom it's okay if you want to look gorgeous <laughs> yeah, but like, like get discovered for a reason that yeah. you're not like sitting there and having to play this like entangled sexual innuendo game with right. all these men in, in these powerful positions and you know it's like I said we know how yeah. the story ends yeah and it's, it's not good for it's a female not good. it never is all right, anything else to add on this story? Oh, and I would add, too, that mm-hmm. I'm sure there, we've had stories of female executives who have taken, you know, this thing with, with young men, right, too. So yeah. it works both ways. I mean, we it can't does. say that men are the predators or this. Or it's like there are men who have been attacked by by females who want, you know, it's it goes all around. So right. we have power, we have sex, and we have fame and money all in this little entangled ball here. So um, I guess you just, you know, learn this, learn a lesson when you read these stories over and over again. Yeah, speaking of power and fame, we're going to move on to our next story, which is Netflix versus, or Spielberg actually, versus Netflix. So he's been pretty vocal about not wanting uh, Netflix films to be up for, to be able to be nominated for um, Oscars. And he, I mean, it He's been very, very vocal about this. I want to know what your guys' takes on this is. So, Joseph, what do you think? I think that he looks completely like, like, an, like. listen, Steven Spielberg has made some of the greatest movies of our lifetime and has had a heyday and maybe we'll make another great one before, you know, he's done, right? But he looks ridiculous Mm -hmm. uh, because it's like the media has evolved, okay? So, like, you can consume um, movies through so many different um, uh, ways now and to then think, like, oh, that they shouldn't be allowed to be nominated. It just looks like you're, like, long in the tooth and, like, not moving with the time. Like, <laughs> I'm sort it's of ridiculous. torn by this, it's though. Like, I, you I'm know, sort it's like, of torn. We get it. E.T. was, like, you know, the best movie forever, like, in the 80s. <laughs> but it's like, think about it. He looks really like a grunt. To me, it just looks right. like a sour grapes old guy, like, being like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> they shouldn't get to, uh, to be in the race. I'm it's like, well, everybody's consuming movies on Netflix. You're you know right, Exactly. Saying? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so how, I'm, I'm you're sort torn. of torn by this. Okay, on, on one way I can see that. On another way, because what you said a few minutes ago makes me think how hard it is to break into this business. There should there not be some type of not. I'm, I'm torn because in one way I like the fact that people can make movies. It's a lower barrier point. Not everyone gets theatrical release, but your film can still be recognized. But I also think we need to hold an esteem of what exactly this award is and have clear delineations. And it, could there be maybe two categories and i know we're like you know but i think that there is every movie maker if you if you produce it and your heart goes into it and you know how hard it is to produce i understand and mm-hmm. not everyone can be spielberg but i also respect the fact that people who are at a different level right are, are going to get a different award so for example let's use art as an example right i mean art's so subjective too and you know you go into a, a gallery and people are like that's a piece of junk and it's like well that's a jackson pollock and people think that's art so i mean it's like right. there's so many ways but like which ones get into the gallery okay and which ones are sort of in the the, the moma Okay, so maybe there's a way. I don't know. I see where he's coming from in a way because, you know, it's like, do we start just just... letting everybody do this? And it's like, I don't know. Yes, because if it's a good movie, it's a good movie. And it should be up there with all the ones that had theatrical release. But but is there a sense? Like, look at Roma. Look at Roma. I know. You know? And there was other other movies that uh, Netflix put out. Um, Beast of No Nation was definitely one. Um, 
There's yeah, there's several that have definitely should have been nominated for an Academy Award and weren't. And I think I agree with Joseph. I think he looks like a dinosaur. He looks like <laughs> old man yelling at the clouds about like these young kids coming in with their new technology and like not moving forward. I and I see this happen in a lot of different industries with people who refuse to change because they're just so stuck on how things used to be. And it's like, no, we it is 2019. It's how things are now. Let me and give- if people are making a Amazing art, they should be recognized in the same category. And who cares where you consume it from? And and, right. and by the way, yeah, a good film is a good film. And it reminds me literally of the argument we were having ten years ago when print journalists thought like the internet and digital news was like a passing thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, the recirculation sound on newspapers, it's gonna come back around. It's it just it's 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 a losing battle. Like yeah, it might that, be a losing battle. But I, so maybe I should make it like a fashion <laughs> argument. Okay, like let's say you have like Karl Lagerfeld, who just recently right. passed. God rest in peace. Amazing, iconic. He has a Chanel bag. Okay, he designs for Chanel. Chanel's in a in a spot, but he does these cool collaborations like with Kaya Gerber, and he can do low high, and he has the Carl boutiques. Like I think there is a place for every piece of art that he did, but are they all the same? And the answer is no. Like to make a film for theatrical release and do that is it, it's different. And you know, I, I, I that's why I'm torn. And I'm not saying I'm saying we need to find a way where art and movies are that are great are rewarded. But does it does it st- fall under this genre? Or does it fall under this award? Or is there a breakout here? Is there a difference? And, and I, I don't know. And that's that's where I kind of feel like maybe there's some there's some I kind of see where Spielberg's coming from. But I also see that art should be art. But there's I think we have to really be careful and sort of like, you know, just just put things as long as you're tra- transparent. Right. And saying like this is a movie that was streaming. This is a movie that was theatrical. OK, great. You know, and, and they can both be rewarded. But it's still a movie. A movie is a movie. That's the, a movie is a movie, you know? but the, what it takes to kind of get a theatrical release and what I mean, it's just they're different. They're different ba- ba- barriers. Like I said, it's, it's the Chanel bag or it's you know the the Chanel keychain. So there's different technologies that go into. It, there's different workmanship that goes into it. Are they both valid and beautiful? Do you both you want to have all of it? Yeah, and you want people who can't have the big theatrical release to still get an award. And I I know it's just changing times, and I, I think we'll find the right footing. <laughs> I think they have the Academy Awards. Like they have so many other things to deal with anyway. They so got a lot to they deal. Should just work on like maybe their PR and things like that. I know that's gonna be. I, I wish think, I could be a fly in the wall for that. I think meeting. it helped them this year to have you know Roma win a whole bunch of awards because a lot of people, especially the people that they want watching the award shows, are watching Netflix. You know? Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, we're I all watching Netflix. Yeah, Netflix exactly. is awesome. No one's saying they're they're not awesome. Right. They, they don't even give you ratings, and you're like, and they're awesome, and they have so much money, and it's awesome. But if I'm a filmmaker, maybe I want to do Netflix. Maybe I want to do you know the the film festival route. I mean, there's a lot of things that are you have to do. It's like a business model. How are you going to roll? Like I have a beauty line. Am I going to mm-hmm. go direct to consumer e-commerce? Am I going to be brick and mortar? Am I going to be in you know QVC? Like, what's your business model strategy? It's the same thing with movies. So I, I I'm torn. I don't know. We'll see how it <laughs> shakes out. I know you guys are saying he's a dinosaur, but I'm also saying. Maybe there's just a conversation that needs to happen here about defining our art as we go forward in modern times with the evolution of technology. Okay. Well, uh, Joseph, what do you think uh, the response from the industry uh, and the academy so far? I think there were some some interesting articles on um, the trades about this that it was like – it was mixed reviews. You know, like it was like – uh, definitely, you know, a half and half sort of uh, response to it. It's, it's. I just don't think uh, that you can. Uh, more and more A-list talent are getting into yeah. bed with the streamers on 
you know, also like production arm yeah. kind of deals, you know? So it's just like, it's, it's, it's going to be impossible. I think it's, and also think about it, um, from just the, the theatrical perspective, like people, you know, every year they have like that convention. Um, why is it escaping me? The one where they do the movies, like the fit, the theater owners and the, uh, Oh yes. That's coming up in, in Las Vegas, yes. I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's sort of like there, there, there's one in one, they're talking out of both sides of mouth. Like they're embracing streamers, but then they're not, cause you know, some of the movies that are now going also like, um, to VOD on the same, you know, it's, it's the same theatrical release. And then also like, um, on demand. It is when run. you go to a movie in a theater though, it is one experience that you cannot replicate at home so it doesn't mean that the art you're watching can't be as good it's all about the experience so I think that you yeah. know it, there is something about you know being in a theater and going I went to see Captain Marvel over the weekend you know and oh, you get yeah. your popcorn you're like here you you talk you know set it and it's you're sitting there and it's being done to you and you're sort of away it's an escapism where it's yeah it's great if you're you know at home and, and chilling, you yeah. know, and, and binge watching. It's just a different experience. Yeah. And I think that that's where we kind of trip ourselves up because we want everyone to have a say. We want that. We're, we're, we're former journalists. We're fair. We're fair. We're like, oh, everyone should have a, a point. But like, but where's the distinction on what is um, the barrier of point of entry? And, and who gets that top, top, top award? The 1% of people who get to make it in yeah. this, th this industry, the 1% who have, you know, been able to get these budgets. Yeah, I and think it should be making fair, a movie is hard. Fair across the board for me. <laughs> yeah. But um, that's just me. Um, so let's uh, move on to Overhood overheard Hollywood. You got anything? Actually, I'm so excited. There's a big event that Marie Claire Magazine mm -hmm. and their editor Anne is doing here in Hollywood this week about women and diversity in uh, Hollywood and that's happening Tuesday evening so I'll be uh, attending nice. there to kind of, you know, speak with some filmmakers and, and get the scoop on, you know, what the, what, what's on the pulse point there. I think anything we can do that's pushing forward diversity and more conversation right. is, is so key. So Marie Claire, obviously, you've, if you've seen them on the newsstands recently, they do an amazing job. Their covers are also like to me they're political statements now they're talking about the real female power they're right. also talking about women you know that are real women and not just like Barbies and models so I love everything that Marie Claire is doing right now and to have them kind of hosting an event in our backyard in Hollywood I'm really excited to see who turns out and uh, I'll be um, going to that in Tuesday so in the Hollywood Hills fun. House. yeah fun. fun that's really awesome what about you Joseph well actually coming off of um, Luke Perry's death which Oh, by the way, I'm still yeah. devastated. I can't believe it. It feels so like young. a part of oh, my wow. um, teenage college years um, have died. But um, so there was a lot of um, talk when they first had met all of the original cast, you know, because the reboot has been officially greenlit for a summer run, like a six episode run on Fox. And everyone was wondering at the time, Shannon and Luke, what the deal was. So I got from actual sources very close to, you know, uh, production on this. Luke at, was going to be involved, like, with the project, but because he was contractually obligated with Riverdale, he could have never signed on in, like, a contractual way. It would have been, like, appearances or episodes. Mm. But I'm told from reliable sources that a conscious decision was made amongst the six that are starring that Shannon was Dowdy was not wanted Ooh. in the series. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, that that word was just that, hey, we're doing this because we're older, we want to come to work, we want to sort of have fun and have it be like great. So you know, we always heard the stories about yeah. this back in the day. And I think it was a situation where not taking a chance on that it was gonna be not a good experience.
So anyway, I kind of trust these sources and that's what I was hearing because everyone was sort of like, what about Brenda? What about Brenda? What about Brenda? Right. Well, they kind of like voted Brenda off the island in, oh. the, in the initial talks. Yikes. Well, no one, you know, the reboot is always, uh, you know, not everyone makes yeah. it to the right. second round. Exactly. So there you go. Yeah. I, I know someone who's doing some of the costume work on that. So I'm, I'm actually really excited for that. And it I'm is excited. so it. sad that Luke yeah. Perry can't, couldn't be a part of so it. So soon and yeah. just really tragic. Yeah. Yes. Really sad. Rest in peace. Um, okay, so I'm going to tell you guys where you guys can watch us. You can watch us on the AfterBuzz YouTube page. Subscribe to MTHP on Apple Podcasts. Rate us, like us, give us those great ratings. And um, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Meet the Hollywood Press. And you can follow us also on Twitter at Meet the HWD Press. I want to say thank you for Joseph for Skyping in. Thank you for, <laughs> no, you thank you for hosting. You're fabulous. Of thank course, you, thank you. of course. So you still had a Sunday fun day, even though you were out in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to come down. Like, we're going to come yeah. down. We're wrapping now. We're going to meet you down there exactly. for some fish tacos, okay? Because okay. I used to live down in San Diego. It's a good time. Exactly. And thank you once again, Bianca. It's always great to have you on the show. I love being on. You guys rock. Uh, thank you. Awesome. Thanks. All right. Well, we will see you guys next week. Bye. Joseph, we're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.